we have to keep abreast of everything that's happening around the world that may have an impact where it means that NATO nations are going to have to deploy or go as peacekeeping or augment something that's happening. So we need to know. CBRN, I think we're always slightly behind the curve with what's happening because we don't know what's going to happen. And it's not just state actors, it's non-state actors. It's lone people who just think, do you know what, today I need to go out and cause massive mayhem. So we're always chasing that. I, I think what we do do that as well is that we train our forces, and that's not just in the UK, that's across all NATO nations. This is the ORISE Featurecast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with ORISE experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE Featurecast. Well, welcome to another episode of the ORISE Featurecast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, from the Communications and Marketing Department at the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education. And today, um, we're talking about a kind of a brand spanking new thing that happened for um, ORISE and REACTS, um, the NATO... Chemical, Biological, Radiological, and Nuclear Medical Symposium um, took place in Oak Ridge just a few days ago. We're having this conversation about a week after. And we're talking to Robbie Beach from the UK, who we'll learn more about him in a minute, but um, who kind of helped bring this event together. But first, I wanted to bring back, for the second time... Um, Adam Delahousie, who is my co-host. Adam, how's it going? It's going good, Michael. Uh, we're just chatting here in a coffee shop with Robbie, so I'm really excited to learn a lot about what he's done for NATO so far. I always tell my guests that having this conversation is like we're just hanging out in a coffee shop. And Robbie, today we are hanging out in a coffee shop, quite literally. Um, so... Robbie, first of all, welcome to the ORISE feature cast. If you would, tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, Michael. Um, so I'm I'm Warrant Officer, Class 1, Robbie Beach from uh, the UK. Um, I'm in the British Army. I'm a registered nurse by trade, uh, specialising in emergency care and trauma resource. Um, my subspeciality is medical toxicology, um, mainly dealing with chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear warfare medicine. Um, so, how how does that all fit in? Um, I was assigned to the NATO CBRN um, medical training panel about seven or eight years ago as the secretary for this NATO medical panel. Um, we started off as a, a, a team, which is the lower level. About a year ago, we got upgraded to a panel because of the amount of work um, and input that we have to NATO doctrine across all NATO nations. Um, our main focus is looking at how we can put CBRM medicine into NATO multinational large-scale exercises across the world. Um, and because it's education, 
what they asked us to do was maybe get together um, a few people and help learn from both industry, civilian and military to see how we can all work together a little bit better, increase that interoperability. So we did plan to have a NATO um, conference two, three years ago, um, but then COVID happened. So that, that got put to one side. Um, it didn't deter us. So we, we ran one virtually, uh, is well attended virtually, but I think the overwhelming request from people who did attend that was to have an in-person one. And then that brings us to round about now where we're in Oak Ridge, having just finished uh, the inaugural Seagram NATO medical training um, panels, medical symposium. So it's a really good event. Talk a little bit more about that, um, about the event itself. I know it was, as you said, the kind of the first time everyone was brought together in person. Um, it feels like as an outsider, this was a, a really important event, particularly for folks like yourself who work in the, you know, the sort of CBR in space. Um, how, I guess, how important was this event in terms of being able to bring all these people together and what it means for education among, you know, NATO nations and industry and all of those things? Yeah, I, I think we underestimated the importance of this. Um, but then having s spoken to people after the conference, we now realize that this was quite an important event. Um, we're allowing industry, civilian and military personnel involved in the CBRN world to get together and discuss. You know, there's a lot of times when certain countries or certain parts of the CBRN world will work in silos. So we don't talk to each other. And for us to develop or go forward, we need to have a common, common strategy. So allowing uh, the military to find out what civilians are doing and the, the research that they're doing, uh, how they adapt to different things, letting them learn from the military as well. But I think importantly, not keeping industry out because they're the ones that are going to give us certain options that we can either buy off the shelf or develop. So we're, we're pooling resources together. So one country isn't buying all the research for this and not letting anyone know. Um, I think the importance was strengthened when you've got, you know, people who are invested in this, like the UK Surgeon General, who's currently the chair of the COMEDS. So that's a committee for the medical advisors for the whole of NATO. Uh, but we also had the US Joint Staff Surgeon, um, Mr. Adam Poling, who came. So that emphasizes the importance that is is needed to shine a light on a subject that people pay lip service to quite a lot of the time because in theory we train people for an event that we hope never happens absolutely however as you've seen over the last five ten years these events are happening so we'd rather have people trained ready to go with the right equipment and the right knowledge medical education to deal with these infrequent um things that happen so 
Robbie, <laughs> this will sound, um, I don't know, weird. Like I'm, like I'm underselling the city where my my company is based. But why Oak? Why Oak Ridge? <laughs> so Oak Ridge, um, it's not your normal option for a big NATO conference. Um, however, for I think it's about last eight to ten years. I've been coming to Oak Ridge uh, occasionally to either do um, one of the REACT courses, either the Advanced Radiation Medicine or the Radiation Emergency course. Um, I think as we came out of lockdown in the UK, I came over to Oak Ridge and spent six weeks over here doing a Radiation Medicine to come. And th there's a reason why we come here from a radiation point of view. You know, it's historic. You've got the birthplace of nuclear warfare for sure so um all the people are nice you know i it's, it's one of the places that you come to and if you didn't know it was here you wouldn't know it was you there. wouldn't know yeah. it was there however when you do you think to yourself i'd like to come back here yeah, yeah. um so i was asked to decide where we was going to do it um and immediately i thought let's take everyone from nato to Oak Ridge. Let's show Oak Ridge off. Mm -hmm. it, it holds that historic stuff, which is a big tick in the box. It's got specialists here. Um, the weather is normally okay. However, for the last couple of weeks, it's, <laughs> I must have brought the weather back from the UK. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a great melting pot of people. We have the industry here, Teledyne Fleur. Um, so they're big into the CBRN. Um, sphere uh, with some equipment new emerging technologies the drone technology that they showed off uh, in collaboration with radiation control radiation safety control services rscs um, that's cutting edge pioneering technology that i think people needed to know so yes it is off the beaten track oakridge you know you can't get a direct flight from europe right but it's worth it the bang for the buck is worth it um and you know, we've had people like Dr. Carol Liddens, um, the the fire chief for Oak Ridge City, the mayor of Oak Ridge City even came, um, and they've invested into it. Where in certain other places we may not have got that involvement. Mm. So that's why we chose Oak Ridge. Nice, nice place, nice people. Normally nice climate, right? Um, and good food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And I'm assuming having REACTS as an asset in Oak Ridge helped as well, just because of the, I mean, again, you've been to some of the training courses, so you've seen, you know, Carol and the team at REACTS in action. Um, I have to assume that played a role in it, Oak Ridge being the location as well. Yeah, it, it did. Um, in the UK, um, from the medical services, when we have personnel who need to do a radiation medicine course, we send them to REACT. Okay. It's seen as the gold standard course um, in the UK. So we, we send people over here to do that. I've known Carol for many years. We've, uh, we recently did an exercise in the Czech Republic in uh, 22, um, and it was a big NATO multidisciplinary uh, team bringing the CBRN community into the CBRN medical community and working on that crossover and interoperability. And we was 
really lucky to get Carol and a couple of her health physicists over there to act as our RAD SMEs. Mm -hmm. I, I know a bit about RAD. There's a, quite a few people who know a bit about RAD, but having people who their job is radiation and radiation medicine, yeah, yeah. then that adds weight to the training that we give and the ability to look at all nations and how they would work in a radiation situation or deal with radiation casualties. So, you know, REACTS, REACTS is a place where we have that specialist knowledge and, and why not use it? Yep. So it, it, yeah, in answer to your question, it plays a massive part and they will be hopefully coming back to Clean Care 24, which is in Hungary, um, again, as the RAD specialists, um, because it augments the training that we do. To the extent that you can, because you may not be able to talk about everything that happened during the, the symposium, but what kinds of things did attendees, did participants come away with? You know, what did, I guess, what did they learn? What did they, um, what was the agenda like for the two days of the symposium? So that's, it's quite a good question because when we was deciding on what the agenda should be, we had no idea. We didn't know who was going to come to it. Uh, what level of knowledge, expertise, what speciality there were. So what we did is we split it into four streams and that was chemi chemical stream, biological, radio radiological and nuclear, and then a education, casualty care and training portion. Um, we then, we looked at this and thought, we can't make it a proper scientific um, symposium because that cuts down who's going to be there. We can't make it a symposium where it's all about the bare basics and the front line. We had to find that happy medium. Um, so we had people from local EMS, uh, local fire, uh, local to Oak Ridge. But we also had um, scientists from the cytogenetic biodosimetry lab, um, Dr. Balaji, we had military military personnel who their role is to write the medical doctrine um, and then everything else in between. We had industry who are, they have emerging products or a different look in it. So one of the presentations was on fentanyl, which is a, a big thing that's happening at the minute. For sure. um, but the way that fentanyl can be put into a drone, flown over, say for example, the, the Tennessee Volunteers Stadium and it can affect thousands of people um, but how do we overcome that so it, the symposium didn't just give us answers it posed quite a lot of questions sure. that we now need to go away and go you know what from a, yeah what if from a civilian point of view but also what if our adversaries wherever they are come up with that same sort of mentality and think do you know what we're going to start sending drones into this with this on it. Uh, I, wow. <laughs> I have to say, until you've mentioned like flying a drone with fentanyl into it, like, wouldn't have thought about that. So I guess just going off of that, how much of your job is having to pay attention to the news and to like global topics just across the world in like you look at the situation in Ukraine right now or like something like Iran 10 years ago, how much of your job is 
looking at that and preparing on sort of the back end of like, okay, this is something that's happened in our world. This is how we respond to it. Yeah, that, that's quite a cool question. It's it, and it's a question that's really hard to answer. So, you know, I'm I'm in the military. We have to keep abreast of everything that's happening around the world that may have an impact where it means that NATO nations are going to have to deploy or go as peacekeeping or augment something that's happening. So we need to know. CBRN, I think we're always slightly behind the curve with what's happening because we don't know what's going to happen. And it's not just state actors, it's non-state actors. It's lone people who just think, do you know what, today I need to go out and cause massive mayhem. So we're always chasing that. I, I think what we do do that as well is that we train our forces, and that's not just in the UK, that's across our NATO nations, US, Sweden, everything like that. We train them to an eventuality because chemical warfare medicine, biological warfare medicine, radiological warfare medicine, we know what's going to happen to the casualty roughly, 99.9%. So we have the drugs there, we have the uh, tactics, we have the ability to go, we'll set up this to decontaminate people. That's not going to change. It's more, where do we go? And how are they deploying um, all of these nefarious weapons? That's what we, we will never know until it happens. Right. What could something look yeah, like? Yeah, because, you know, you say about that um, drone, how the fentanyl is quite scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I could stick a radiation source in my vehicle and drive around Knoxville for a couple of hours and you could have quite a few people who are suffering from acute radiation sickness. No one would never know it was me. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's covert and there's overt ways that this could present and we've got to be ready to react. And it goes back to what I said at the start. We are hopefully coming up with all these policies, doctrines, training for something that never happens. But if it does, we don't want people to panic we want people to go it's happened this is how we'll make it better and i think that's the important thing for people who are listening to understand is you know we've got you and the folks from nato who came to oak ridge you are thinking about these things you are not only thinking about them you're trained up so that if something happens whatever that looks like um whether it's an event the public has seen or has never heard of um, you're ready to deal as you said you know you know what the medical interventions are you know what you're going to do to decontaminate people should there be a you know a mass event of some nature um, again that doesn't change no and I, but what I, may change is sort of the delivery mechanism yeah. of, and, and that's why you know the military might know how to do this that's all well and good if the military get involved and that's why with this symposium we thought we'd bring the civilian people in because if something happens on US soil or UK soil the civilian agencies will have primacy we then get asked to help and respond uh, we saw that in Salisbury with the Novichok agents civilian agencies had primacy but the military helped right uh, so if we can if we can break down that divide that civilians do it one way military do it one way and then we work and say we do it one way 
it makes it so much easier for anyone coming into the party later on to go i know what's been done let's carry on rather than having to you know take two or three steps back a little bit of time when time is crucial i assume you didn't bring everyone together in oak ridge for a couple of days to go okay that was great see you next year you know in hungary or wherever um but between now and whenever the next in-person event might be, I assume the work continues. Like yeah. you said, there's a team, there's a um, working group, I guess. Yeah. So you will keep doing what you've been doing in terms of training and yeah. discussing. And um, so we have the Seaburn Medical Working Group, which is the higher level NATO panel. They sit twice a year uh, and they, they come up with all the doctrine and where research should be pushed into. The training panel, um, it did start off, there was me, uh, one US Army uh, Lieutenant Colonel, and two civilians. Uh, it's grown, we've got 12 people from different nations now, European nations, Canada and all that. Because the amount of work we're having to deal with now, is we're going into many other different NATO exercises to help. Uh, we're coming up with advanced distributive learning, which is for um, soldiers from any nation to have a basic understanding. We're coming up with um, basic and enhanced medical courses, purely looking at the trauma first aid with the CBRN augment on top, which we will be de uh, developing and then rolling out. We, we ran a pilot course in the Czech Republic last year, but we're now getting to the point where we're going to get a NATO approved course that people can load themselves onto because we need to get that out. Yeah. And it's not just, we give you a course, you forget about it. <laughs> See we, ya. Yeah. Right, good luck. Exactly. Uh, but we're, we're doing the course that we give it to you and then on last day we'll teach you how to teach the course. Gotcha. So you can then go back to your nation and do a train the train as it were. Uh, so we can, we can get this information out. You know, most of the information that we have about these medical procedures, they're in the public domain. It's not high level secret stuff because it's medical. So right. the drugs that we have to give people, they're commercial drugs. The, the way that we decontaminate, it's, it's really basics. It's not high level secret stuff. Um, and that's all in the public domain. Right. But it's learning things like we learn from the Oak Ridge Fire Department how they do radiation decontamination of a casualty. And we do it similar, but it's now looking at whether or not we can incorporate some of their stuff, they can incorporate some, some of our stuff. And like I say, it's breaking down them divides. Um, I, I think we will do another one of these. This is just a start. Sure. Um, it's, this will be every other year. So okay. we did one this year, we have exercise, clean care next year. We'll then do another one, which will, we tend to flip-flop. So it'll go Europe for that one. A couple of years later, we'll come back to either USA or Canada. Gotcha. Uh, because we have the problem that if you have it in Europe, quite a lot of Americans can't get across. If you have it in America or Canada, quite Europeans a lot of Europeans can't, can't yeah. get across. So we, we've got to try and find that happy medium. We, we was blessed on this one that we had quite a few of the Europeans come over um, and attend and also present 
Mm. Um, and, you know, I've said it to them. I, I, we couldn't have done this without them. Yeah. So it's not just them. We've got the local um, people um, from like the CBL, local industry, industry from across the pond, um, the civilian EMS fire, you know, all this wasn't just let's focus on NATO yeah, yeah. and they're the people we need to say thanks to. This is let's focus on everyone who's got a part to play in this. Yeah. And there are a lot of stakeholders, obviously, and that's who you brought together. Robbie, is there anything I haven't asked you um, about the symposium, about the working group that you want to make sure that we talk about before we wrap things up? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, like I say, all I want to do is thank everyone who made this a success. Um, and it is a success. Um, from what we've heard from everyone, it's a good thing. Um, I leave the army in three or four months, start of October. So this was my swan song, as it were. And it was a good swan song. Um, yes, it was six to seven months worth of hassle, extra gray hair. Um, but I think in the end, it did what it needed to do. And it started, it started looking at things that we need to do. And I think it asked more, more or less the same amount of questions than it answered. So we're 50-50. So yeah, yeah. we need to continue this and learning from each other. Right. Um, so Robbie, you leave the military in a few months. What's next for Robbie Beach? That it's a hard question because okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Fair. I yes, I'm a nurse. I could go and work in the health service. I don't want to. Um, I'm getting too old for that sort of thing. Uh, working in an emergency room on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, but I'm also qualified university lecturer, so okay. I'm potentially looking at going and teaching undergraduate nurses, doctors, um, and them sort of things. You know, I might take a couple of months off and work in a coffee shop. There you go. No hassle, no stress. <laughs> I'm sure the folks here <laughs> at Sanago would love to have you. Um, Robbie, what brings you joy? What brings me joy? It's, it's quite a difficult question to answer. I think recently what brings me joy is seeing people learn. You know, you see the penny drop. Yep. You see them go, well, today I've learned something. Every day is a school day. I was told that when I was younger and you get told that. And I'm a big believer, if you don't learn at least one thing in a day, that's a day that you've wasted. So, you know, from here, I think both myself, my colleagues, NATO, the military civilian, we need to just keep going forward and learning. So if we can do that, that makes me happy on a daily basis and make me happy in the future. Awesome. Robbie, thank you so much for joining me for, and, and Adam and for sharing about the, the NATO Symposium and a little bit more about who you are. I really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ORISE Featurecast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ORISE Connect. If you like the ORISE feature cast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education is managed by ORAU for the U.S. Department of Energy.